0: A meadow year. It won't look like much until it blooms. An oak tree. I was talking with Diggled Hein a couple of weeks ago about how our years ahead were shaping up or not. Some years there's a project that takes all our energy, like at work in the ruins did for him and found on ground did for me in 2022. Those years, there's one huge thing standing out as the focus of our energy, totemic, like a spreading oak in the middle of a field. Other years, it can seem like our energy is scattered and broadcast in all directions. It can feel like all the work we are doing, the research, the admin, the writing, the organising, doesn't seem to add up to anything, let alone something grand. Last year felt scattered for me. I did lots of interesting things. The book came out to great reviews. I wrote here every week and sowed seeds for future projects. Yet by the end of the year, single again and exhausted from a winter tour with a friend where I hadn't seen a dry sunny day for over a month, I found my grain stores empty and my heart a blasted winter field, unfit even for crows. I hunkered down in my flat, unable to start writing the new book puzzled as to why I was so empty, until I remembered what grief does to the body. So I waited. Talking with friends is like spring water to me, which also means I sometimes neglect it in favour of another cup of strong tea when I should return to the source. Talking with Dee last month, the image of a meadow came to mind and set my heart at rest. Perhaps you too are sowing seeds by the handful, hoping that some of them will take. They will, not all of them, but some for sure. Writing job applications or writing songs, digging an allotment, mending a marriage, organising a community event, making a living, studying, recovering from illness. Maybe this year will be a meadow year for you, a bit of this and that a few weeks of flurry, then a pause, for it all to begin again. It won't look like much from the outside, or the inside, sometimes. Some days we'll compare ourselves to illustrious friends, and momentarily feel like failures. But one day, by sunshine, grace, and good rain, our meadow will bloom. No one else would have thought to sow the poppy by the aquilegia, or the Meadow sweet by the Red Clover, but it'll work, because we put sackfuls of our good energy and intent into it. Then we remember how we spent days removing the toxic rubbish, clearing up what others had dumped on us, and emptying the silted-up channels, so that clean water could flow back into the land from the greater stream. Most of the work was in non-doing, we'll remember, in leaving things alone to germinate in their own time, to trusting in the mycelia and worm work, which is rightly out of our hands. And when it blooms, life will fly in on the wing from all directions. The goodness of it will be honest and beautiful. A meadow is not just one thing, and you can't point at it with one finger. It'll need us to climb up a tree and take the breadth of it in, with the sweep of a whole arm and a sigh. Then finally we can clamber down again to lie back in the long grass and rest. A fallow field. I have been enjoying recent posts by David Benjamin Blower, including this one linked to in the post from last week, about fallow fields, forgiveness of debts and a sacred levelling in Mosaic law. Modernity requires us to use ourselves up to see our time, energy and attention as fungible resources rather than as expressions of yearnings of soul. This is profoundly damaging for health, relationships as well as for the earth. A grateful response Scattered with the wild seeds of my own week. Follows. Year of Jubilee. A Sabbath year of the heart. All debts deemed repaid. Nothing to be grown this season. But that which plants itself. Field mice. Vetch and fallow deer. Thistle. Buzzard. Fox. Today. They scraped the irate flesh, found it not a threat. I toast this with pastel donata and coffee with a friend. We speak of the love wars, missions, wishes, loss. No gauze left in my kit. Threadbare wounded men now must cut their own cloth and field dress their gashes, or chew mush from ribwort, mending, feeding, washes. I am heading back to church, the cliff, the field, the forest, for a whole year by myself, an anchorite of edges, thanking cells that, blessed day, won't overgrow, clump, smother. Forgive us our debts. The heart workers came to plough, found the landlord no longer landed, but standing, plaiting her hair. No seed for them to fetch, only lilies, ribwort, vetch. Making Sand of the Mountain In January, I noticed the Explore Notes feature on Substack was full of post after post of people writing about writing on Substack. How to get your first thousand followers, how to get a six-figure book deal from it, Then, how to teach people the secret to your success via viral posts and webinars. Some other, perhaps more writerly writers, were frustrated. Surely the newcomers could write about something other than writing on Substack. Anything. But I thought, well, clearly I was missing a trick. So here is my expert advice. If you follow it to the letter, I am convinced you will gain untold success, influence and wealth. Follow these simple guidelines to make your fortune writing on Substack. At the head of the track, look back and call to the others. Once over the pass, collect all the ammonites within reach. Four pollarded maritime pines will mark the way. Leave fossils as gifts. Fill your bottle, as this is the last place to gather water until Belaknabar. Shout loudly so the Kayak knows you see her. Be glad the waterfall is slowly making sand of the mountain. Looking both north and south, feel the stretch, but make no choices. Interleave every straight thought with a curved one. Resist the urge to end the sweep of the brush's line with a point. If a cormorant passes to your left, turn around and ask at the first house for honey. If you receive honey, then pass it back amongst the others using heather stalks as spoons. At the western shore, the gate opens, so go through it onto the sand. Don't be late, I will meet you at the black house on the spit's end. The last 600 miles take between five heartbeats and a year or so. There is no direct path between the spit and the gate, between my grandmother's dream and the run in full spate. That is why we always carry questions, love and good hard cheese.